On the evening before Easter, 433 A.D., in Scotland, Ireland, excuse me, a former slave lit a fire. Now, it wouldn't be too surprising to light a fire in the evening normally, but this evening, the king or ruler of the region, High King Logair of Terra, had decreed that anybody who lit a fire before him would be executed. But former slave, who we know as St. Patrick, lit a fire. He wasn't going to allow the king's celebration of the pagan spring equinox get in the way of his worship to Jesus. So in defiance of the high king of Terra, he lit a fire to the high king of heaven. We have that story captured in the hymn, Be Thou My Vision, number 60 in your hymnal, if you'd like to look now. I'm not going to read it or talk about it anymore. But how appropriate that in celebration of Easter, St. Patrick lit a fire. And here we are in celebration of Christmas, and we sing a song that talks about our devotion to Jesus. We finish our Christmas sermon series today, Christmas Stories, and our Christmas story today is one of weakness as we consider Luke 2, 8 through 20. And I know if some of you are like me, you're feeling your bodily weakness because you have kids or grandkids and you were up too late on Christmas Eve or went too hard yesterday, so you're really looking forward to your nap this afternoon, right? Not during Pastor Aaron's sermon right now. I mean, I got about 20 minutes to go, so stick with me. We got a story in the middle for the boys and girls. It'll be fun for you too, so hang with us. And I think we've got some scriptural insights as well. Our scripture memory verse of the month, we'll put up on the screen there. And it captures for us this. And let's say it together. Luke 1, 31 through 33. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Luke 1, 31 through 33. That's who Gabriel told Mary who Jesus would be. My story today is the crippled lamb. So boys and girls, if you want to come down front and read with me, you can. And for those of you in the pews or online, you'll see it as well. We've got some boys and girls here. Some others are home or traveling or something like that. I don't know how many of you know this story, the crippled lamb. This is my favorite one. Of all the stories I've got to tell you on Sunday morning, you can sit with me, buddy. You want to sit here in the middle like this or like that? Okay. There you go. My buddy Logan up here. Logan, are you going to help me turn the pages when it's time? Okay. All right. The crippled lamb. Are you guys ready? Has anybody heard this story before? Oh, well, it's going to be really good. And if you can't see it here, you can see it there. Well, it says, shows a bunch of sheep, and it says, Once upon a time in a sunny valley, there lived a little lamb named Joshua. He was white with black spots, black feet, and sad eyes. 
Josh felt sad when he saw the other lambs with snow white wool and no spots. He felt sad when he saw the sheep with their moms and dads because he didn't have a mom or a dad. But he felt saddest when he saw the other lambs running and jumping because he couldn't. Josh had been born with a leg that didn't work right. You see the picture there and Josh's one leg looks like it's what we would call lame. Something's wrong with his leg. And he was crippled. He always limped when he walked. That's why he always watched while the other lambs ran and played. Josh felt sad and alone, except when Abigail was around. I love Abigail. Abigail was Josh's best friend. She didn't look like a friend for a lamb. She was an old cow. She was brown with white blotches that looked like rain puddles on a path. Her belly was round as a barrel, and her voice was always kind and friendly. Some of Josh's favorite hours were spent with Abigail. They loved to pretend that there were adventures in distant land. Josh would like to listen as Abigail told stories about the stars. They would spend hours on the hill looking into the valley. They were good friends. But even with a friend like Abigail, Josh still got sad. It was made him sad that he was the only lamb who could not run and jump and play in the grass. That's when Abigail would turn to him and say, Don't be sad, little Joshua. God has a special place for those who feel left out. Josh wanted to believe her, but it was hard. Some days he just felt alone. He really felt alone the day that the shepherds decided to take the lambs to the next valley where there was more grass. The sheep had been in the valley so long the ground was nearly bare. All the sheep were excited when the shepherd told them they were going to a new meadow. See, they're pointing a different way where the green grass is. As they prepared to leave, Josh hobbled over to took his place at the edge of the group, but the other lambs started laughing at him. You're too slow to go all the way to the next valley. Ha, 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 go back, slowpoke. We'll never get there if we have to wait on you. Go back, Joshua. That's when Josh looked up and saw the shepherd standing in front of him. They're right, my little Joshua. You better go back. This trip is too long for you. Go and spend the night in the stable. And Josh looked up at the man for a long time. Then he turned and slowly began limping away. When Josh got to the top of the hill, he looked down and saw all the other sheep headed toward the green grass. Never before had he felt so left out. A big tear slipped out of his eye and rolled down his nose and fell on a rock. Just then, he heard Abigail behind him. And Abigail said what she always said when Josh felt sad. Don't be sad, little Joshua. God has a special place for those who feel left out. Slowly, the two friends turned and walked to the stable together. By the time they got to the little barn, the sun was setting like a big orange ball. Josh and Abigail went inside and began to eat some hay out of the feed box. They were very hungry and the hay tasted good. For a little while, Joshua forgot that he had been left behind. Go to sleep, little friend, Abigail said after they finished eating. You've had a hard day. Josh was tired, so he lay in the corner of some straw and closed his eyes. He felt Abigail lay down beside him and was glad to have Abigail as his friend. Soon Josh was asleep. At first he slept soundly, curled up against Abigail's back. 
In his sleep, he dreamed. He dreamed of running and jumping just like the other sheep. He dreamed of long walks with Abigail through the valley. He dreamed of being in a place where he never felt left out. Suddenly, a strange noise wake him up. Do you guys have an idea what's going to happen? Oh, wait till you see. Abigail, he whispered, wake up, I'm scared. Abigail lifted her big head and looked around. The stable was dark except for a small lamp hanging on the wall. Somebody is here, Josh whispered. They looked across the dimly lit stable. There, lying on some fresh hay in the feed box, was a baby. A young woman was resting on a big pile of hay beside the feed box. Joshua looked at Abigail, thinking his friend could tell him what was going on, but Abigail was just as surprised as Josh. Joshua looked at the woman and the child, and then he limped across the stable. He stopped next to the mother and looked in the baby's face. The baby was crying. He was cold. The woman picked up the baby and put him on the hay next to her. Josh looked around the stable for something to keep the baby warm. Usually they were blankets, but not tonight. The shepherds had taken them on their trip across the valley. We'll finish the book at the end of my sermon. All right, Mr. Logan, you can go. Thank you all. So you have to pay attention at the end, but I bet you you have an idea what happens, don't you? You adults certainly know what's going to happen, don't you? Weakness. God uses weakness. The first thing we see in our text today is that the angel announced the infant Messiah. The angel announced the infant Messiah. You know the story. We talked about it Christmas Eve. If you were here, you're familiar with it. The shepherds were out in the fields doing what they do, guarding the sheep at night. And suddenly an angel appeared before them and the glory of God shone around them and they were terrified as you would be if an angel showed up. And he said to them in verse 10, three things, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. Good news. Our word gospel means good news. It's the good news that Jesus came to give his life to die for anybody who would believe in him that they might have eternal life. Of great joy, if certainly if you get the first one right, then great joy will follow. Now, I know our lives aren't always perfect. There's things we'd like to change. Our hearts break when people we love pass on or when someone is ugly or mean to us. But the fact that we have eternal life gives us that great joy. And it'll be for all men. And then in verse 11, it says three more things. Today in the town of David, that's Bethlehem. A Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And that should remind us again that the Savior is born to everyone. To you in the pew, to you online, to me right here, to everyone. A Savior has been born to us, all people of all times. He is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord in flesh. And you'll find him wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. So we have the announcement. The second thing we notice from our text today is the heavenly host proclaim peace through praise. The angel choir, the heavenly host shows up. I don't know if you've ever been out somewhere. If you're a city person like me, you don't get out there often. But when you get really out in the countryside... And the sky is lit up with so many stars, you're like, wow, I didn't know all those stars were there. And it's just amazing. And if there's a full moon too, it's lit up. But can you imagine if a whole side of the sky or all the sky was lit up, not with stars, but with angels? And what did the angels say? They said, 
Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. They had two things they had to say. Glory to God and peace for men. You see their formula there tells us something about the message that the angels had for us. That because there is peace to man through Jesus who would bring eternal salvation, that would bring glory to God. Because God loves all humans of all times. He had to do something about it, so he sent Jesus. And that brings peace. Which came first, God's glory or man's peace? I don't know, it doesn't matter, but the two are connected. That's why we proclaim Jesus. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because our salvation came. The third thing we notice from our text is about the shepherds, and that's that the shepherds amazed all who heard this. In verse 15, it says, they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing the angel told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph uh, just as they had been told. And then after they left, I love verse 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Maybe the adults here need to remember that that seems like a verse for children. That the things that are told in God's word, the Bible, will be just as they have been told. Maybe they're not yet, but they will be. And that we can remember that God's word is truth and God's word will guide us and we can count on God's word no matter the circumstance. And then the fourth thing we see in our text is that Mary treasured everything in her heart. I love that verse. She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, my NIV says. Or the NLT that I talked about Wednesday at a revival prayer meeting says, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. What is it that you keep in your heart and think about often? If you were a kid leading up to Christmas, you might have thought about often that thing that was on the top of your Christmas list that you hoped to get. If you're an adult uh, leading up to Christmas, you might have thought about that family member who you were going to get to see you haven't seen in a while that you were looking forward to, or maybe that family member you don't get to see that often that you weren't looking forward to seeing, and you think about these things often. We have stuff in our life that we think about often, and it's either because of our affection for it or our anxiety over it. But God gives us something in Jesus that we should think about often. That he sent Jesus for his glory, for our peace, to bring those two together. Hmm. So what's the meaning? What's the importance of these observations? Well, I've got three questions for us to consider. The first one is, why would the angel come to regular folks? Folks like you and me. I'm not saying you're less than, but most of us around here are just average, ordinary folks. We live in a place that other people call flyover country. They might think we're hicks or hayseeds. We know that they're the weirdos. We got it all figured out because we got no accent, right? They're the ones that talk funny. But why would an angel come to regular people like us? Well, it goes back to what the angel said. Good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born for you. The very fact that the angel came to shepherds above everyone 
teaches us the universality of what God was after, that salvation is for everyone. It's not for the king in the palace alone. It's not for the important person on TV or the social influencer on social media. It's for everyone. No matter who you are, Jesus has come for you. The second question for us to consider is, what made this baby special? Babies are born all the time. I'll never forget, it was about 15 years ago now, that Seth had broken his arm for the second time, and we were going to take him to the orthopedic surgeon to get checked out. But that morning, as Melanie was great with child, that child that is now John Mark and is six foot tall, went into labor. So thankfully, we were planning to have the baby, or she was going to have the baby. I was just going to be there and try not to faint. At St. Elizabeth Hospital, the very place the doctor's office was, and so I was there with my wife in labor. I ran over to meet Michelle Fisher, who brought John Mark to the doctor's appointment. I was in the doctor's appointment, then I get a call from a number that says St. Elizabeth Hospital, and it's the nurse back in labor and delivery that says, you better get here fast. So I did the sprint like O.J. Simpson across the airport from the old days, remember? Because I had the, uh, uh, the suitcase of everything we needed, and I was sprinting across, and I got there just in time for John Mark to be born. Well, he's special because he's my son. You have special memories because of your children. But this baby was special because he was born to all people. He's God's Son, and He's supernatural to bring glory to God and peace to men and put these two things together for you. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, a Savior born to you. There's a third question for us to consider this morning. And that's why would Jesus come to and in weakness? If Jesus was a king, if Jesus is God's Son... And He is, He was then and He is still, because the Bible says so. Why would He come in weakness? This one's a little bit harder. Theologians talk about it in a fancy term. They talk about His condescension. Now, my mom's here this morning. I can remember times when I was a snarky preteen or teenager, and I would take an attitude or a tone with my mom and be disrespectful to her. And she would say something along the lines of, don't you use that condescending term to me? And she's shaking her head yes. And I'm a little embarrassed to tell you about it now, but it's church. I wouldn't lie. And my mom and dad are here. I wouldn't lie. And, you know, I don't try to lie in general, just so you know. But that tone was one where... It was as if I was smarter than or knew more or certainly was more cocky, arrogant, stupid than my mom and I would speak down to her rather than speak up to her because I should respect her because she's my elder and my mom. But the condescension of Jesus is not a negative sort of thing, it's a positive thing. It's so Jesus is God's Son and He is eternally in glory and He is creator of all that was and is and is to come and He is the Word made flesh, God among us, Emmanuel, that He set aside all of that amazing stuff of who He was and took on the humility of a human form, completely limited took on the humility of a baby, completely dependent. He condescended from glory to humility. And I think there's something for us to learn right there. 
Why would Jesus come in weakness? Jesus' weakness demonstrates Jesus' humility. Humility is the foundation of all other character qualities and strengths. If you want to learn something, get humble. If you want to become something you're not, start with humble. If you want to be great, be humble first. If you want God to move on your life, seek humility. Confess your sins. Repent and turn from those sins. Offer yourself to God and ask God, God, can you through your word, can you through other brothers and sisters, can you through the circumstances of my life that I might not like, shape my character and make me more like Jesus? Jesus' weakness demonstrated his humility, and humility is the foundation of all other character qualities and strengths. Jesus came in weakness to be an example to us. How do we respond? Humility. Where do we start? Humility. What should our life look like? Humility. Then Josh remembered his own soft, warm wool. Timidly, he walked over and curled up close to the baby. Thank you, little lamb, the baby's mother said softly. Soon the child Stopped crying and went back to sleep. About that time, a man entered the stable carrying some rags. I'm sorry, Mary, he explained. This is all the cover I could find. It's okay, she answered. The little lamb has kept a new king warm. A king? Joshua looked at the baby and wondered who he might be. His name is Jesus, Mary spoke as if she knew Joshua's question. God's son, he came from heaven to teach us about God. Just then there was another noise at the door. It was the shepherds who had left Joshua behind. Their eyes were big and they were excited. We saw a bright light and we heard the angels, they began. Then they saw Joshua next to baby. Joshua, do you know who this baby is? He does now. It was the young mother who was speaking. She looked at Joshua and smiled. God has heard your prayers, little lamb. The little baby is the answer. Joshua looked down at the baby. Somehow he knew this was a special child. And this was a special moment. He also understood why he had been born with a crippled leg. He had, been, had he been like the other sheep, he would have been in the valley. But since he was different, he was in the stable among the first to welcome Jesus to the world. He turned and walked back to Abigail and took his place beside his friend. You were right, he told her. God does have a special place for me. In the Christmas story, God says, I love you no matter what. And he has a special place for you. He does. Let's pray. God, our Father, it's a joy to come to worship on Christmas to study the ancient words of Scripture and to enjoy a creative story by a brother in Christ. And to be reminded again of your great love for us.
what you intended that we would be and become through Jesus. So God, our prayer this morning for those of us that are believers in Christ, that if we need to surrender anything to you, we'd surrender. If we need to confess, we'd confess. If we need to repent, we'd repent. Whatever it is, God, may we obey you. And God, if there's anyone here in this room or online that has never trusted Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord, that they'd make that decision today and choose to make this Savior born as an infant in a stable, their Master and Lord. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.